we've gone to doctors, we went to psychiatrists, we tried all sorts of medicines, and we were just struggling. You always hear, we don't do it, but you know, when he's younger, then by the time they're teens, you're lost. I thought I was. I thought we had lost him. I thought we were never going to be able to get him to function or for us to be a connected family at all. Is your child's challenging behavior leaving you feeling exhausted, defeated, and hopeless? You are not alone. And I want you to know you are not a failure and your child is not broken. Welcome to Calm the Chaos Parenting, the podcast for parents raising strong-willed, highly sensitive, or neurodivergent children. I'm Dana Abraham, parenting expert, and I have helped hundreds of thousands of families just like yours. Each week, I'll share simple science-backed solutions to help you feel more grounded, in tune, and deeply connected to your child, no matter what challenge you face. Start your journey from surviving to thriving as a family at calmthechaospodcast.com. Hey, 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 and thank you for joining us. If you've ever wondered, am I too late? My kid's too old. We've already struggled so much. I've already tried so many things. Or maybe I wish I had found something that worked years ago. If you have wondered any of those things, you are 100% in the right place today because I remember like it was yesterday when I met our guest that is going to be talking to us. I put a call out to our email list and I said, hey, want to hop on a chat with me? And we had some people jump into a Zoom and people that I had never met. And then this little hand raised and it was our guest today. And she had a very important question, a question that was probably very hard for her to ask, but one that I have heard time and time again. And I still remember it like it was yesterday because it was so impactful to me as someone who grew up with not always the best relationships with my parents and having someone say, am I too late? Oh, I just like really sunk back into what would my inner child say? What would I say if my parent was asking that right now? Am I too late? So if you've ever wondered that, you definitely want to hang out uh, for this conversation today. So Karen, welcome. I am so excited that you are joining us. Thank you, Dana. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. And you're like traveling the world today. You're like in a pit <laughs> or something, right? Yep. I'm in a gas station. <laughs> That's so awesome. Heading to Arkansas, our way, and like in the middle of all this. So tell us just a little bit about your family before we dive into the big question. I am Karen McGuire. I have a SK-15 as of December. I also am a stepmom to a 31-year-old. He is married and also has his own little six-year-old, our granddaughter. We live up in Kansas City area. So my husband and I have been married for almost 19 years now in March. Been in my stepson's life since he was 11. And he was ADHD, but he was such an easygoing kid. But my SK-15, we've... He's been diagnosed with ADHD and ODD since he was probably six or seven years old, but he's been a struggle. We've had all the, all the things. We've gone to doctors. We've gone to psychiatrists. We tried all sorts of medicines, and we were just struggling with him. And this was about a year ago that you came to me, right? Like when you hopped yeah. on that call? 
Yes, it was. It was almost exactly a year ago. Yes. Yeah, so talk to me a little bit about where you were, your headspace when you got the email, because I know what my story is because I was on the other side. But what was it like for you? What were you dealing with your family at that point? What was going through your head? My son started middle school right as the pandemic hit. As he went into like fifth grade, he went home from spring break at fifth grade and didn't go back. And then sixth grade, he was home. And it ended up, I had just left my job. I was able to be home with him. It was okay. It wasn't great. I did notice that he struggled, but we were still getting meds and everything at that point in time. However, then seventh grade, it was a hybrid kind of situation little bit better, but still he was executive functioning, obviously. And that's a big one with everybody here is hard for him. Organizing, just timekeeping, that kind of thing. Then we got to eighth grade and I finally got another job and he just, I don't know. I know middle school's hard, but he just really had a hard time. At the same time, I took him off meds. And that was partly because I just felt like the meds were not helping as well as the doctor wasn't helping. He just wouldn't listen. We would go in, we would say, oh, this is happening. And he'd say, okay, let's up this. So we just up the meds instead of really listening to us. They were the shortest doctor's appointments ever. And they were so frustrating for me. There was just a lot of things that happened. He was back in school with everybody. He was off his meds. I was back at work and he just, he couldn't deal. And He's always had problems with bullies. He's always small. I'm small. You can't tell by sitting down, but I'm only 4'11". He is tiny, and he's finally growing taller than me. And I didn't say this, but he's also probably, he's always been measured just off the autism scale. I had one doctor said he probably is. It's just that one of those weird things. So there's lots of sensory issues and overwhelm and depression and anxiety that he deals with too. So we ended up about the time that I found you guys, we had just let him decide not to go back to school for finish up eighth grade. He was going to finish eighth grade online because it just everything happening at school was too distracting. He wasn't learning anything. And so that's where I just was at. I was just feeling like I, everything came to head. I just didn't know what else to do. I'm trying to support him. And the school really doesn't help a lot with the bullying situation. And so I didn't know where else to turn. We create a space, I like to think, that allows for people to feel safe enough to ask their question. And you had a pretty big question, and I could tell at the time how hard it was for you to ask. Can you walk us through the question and, and why you asked the question? Like I said, I was struggling, and I was just, and I just was so sure I was too late. We are beyond helping him because we've tried all this stuff. We've been doing all this stuff since he was in started school, but nothing was helping. I didn't know. I was really lost and really, I was starting to get resentful. I was so tired and worn out. It was causing fights between me and my husband. There was, it was just, everything was just coming to a head, as I said before. And Honestly, you always hear from all the other parenting, if you don't do it, but you know, when he's younger, then you, you, by the time they're teens, you're lost. And so that's where I thought I was. I thought we had lost him. I thought we were just, we're never going to be able to get him to function or for us to be a connected family at all. Mm -hmm. 
And it was really weighing on you and the way that you were seeing him. And it was weighing on your other relationships. Is that correct? Yes. That, yeah, exactly. I knew he was a great kid. I know he's special. He frustrates me, but I know he thinks differently. But I didn't know how to help him cope in a world that didn't see that. I see mm -hmm. it. I'm his mom. I was under the misguided assumption that I needed to change him to fit back into school and that he needed to change what he was doing. And so that's where we were really focused on. It was like changing who he was. I also knew that didn't sit right with me, that something was wrong. That's where I came to you is, okay, you know, what do I don't know what to do anymore. First of all, I'm so glad that you came and you asked that question. Again, I will never, ever forget that question. Uh, for anyone listening, I think the biggest thing I said to you was you're never too late. And I shared the analogy that so many people like to share, especially in the personal development world of there's never a bad time to plant an oak tree. The best time was 20 years ago, but the next best time is today. And, and I, I remember as like I said at the beginning of this, as someone who has a lot of pain from my childhood, I don't think that there is a day that goes by that like I could be 50 years old, 60 years old, and be able to have someone come to me and say, I'm, I've realized that I'm not do, showing up the way I want to. I've learned new things and I wanna show up differently. I wanna accept you for who you are. I wanna be there for you and I wanna learn together. And I would maybe have some resentment. I might have some frustration. And what I told you is it's not gonna be an easy road because you have patterns in place and he has patterns in place. So right. it's not gonna be an overnight fix. Obviously, when you're starting at year 15 or year 30, it's not easy but it's doable and you're never too late. And the only thing you can control is you. And you trusted us and you hopped in, you did the seven days to less chaos, and then you ended up joining our program. Now, here we are a year later. What were some of the first few changes? Now we're gonna talk about what results you've had or how things have changed in your family, but what were some of the first minor things that happened? I think you obviously had the stop, breathe, anchor. And I think that was probably the biggest one for me in terms of, a little change, but it really helped. It really helped me to just, instead of trying to, I tend to have a little bit of a short temper. And so just stopping and breathing and doing a thought swap of, okay, he's not doing this to me. He's not doing this at me. He's doing this because something else. And that stopping and breathing, even just the stopping and breathing was a big thing for me, just slowing down when I'm dealing with him tend to be a very fast paced person. I tend to move very fast. I think fast. Everything I do is fast. And I have, and so learning to slow down and just listen to him, listening to him really helped. Just mm -hmm. that stopping and breathing and taking that time to really- What did you swap um, it from like this, he's doing it on purpose or he's doing it <laughs> against me. What was the swap that helped you the most? The one that helped me the most was that because his, his, he gets so much anxiety about, especially like time and when things are happening. And that would get really frustrating to me. And that like, why is he asking me to repeat all these things? Why is he asking me about dinner all the time? That kind of thing. And just stopping. I have to stop and think he's not 
just doing this to annoy me. He's not just doing this to, to nag. He's doing this because he needs structure and that just helps him anchor his day. And, and just, that's one of the biggest ones is he just needs, he needs to feel safe. And I think having time stamps on things helps him feel safe. He doesn't like to be out of control. Yeah, it gives him that control over his right. day and his environment, and he knows what's coming and he knows what to expect. So it really yeah. helps him navigate his environment. And I love that so much that you were able to make that swap. And there was another thing that you started implementing pretty early on that made a big difference for you. One of the things I realized doing this is that I'm not taking care of myself and that because I wasn't mm -hmm. taking care of myself, I couldn't be there for everybody else. And I wanted to be, I'm that kind of person. I take, I want to take care of everybody. That's how I've always been, but I was really draining myself a lot. And so taking that time to create my energy reserve plan and I need to do these things for myself and if I do these things for myself, then I can be there for everybody else. And mm. that's a hard one. Us moms, we want, we feel like we should be superheroes and we are superheroes, but we also feel like we should do everything all the time and learning to accept that I can slow down and I can take some time and do something for myself and not have to think about everybody else all the time. Yeah. That's super important because when you're first starting out, as I said earlier, especially when you're starting later in the game, you've got a, a teenager or an older child, um, you have patterns, he has patterns, right? And so right. it's going to take a little longer to see some change. And so that can feel exhausting. And I think that is one thing that's missing from a lot of parenting programs out there is it's like you said earlier, it's about fixing the kid. It's about changing the kid. And we're like, wait, just a second. <laughs> like first, let's get you some energy so that you can at least be there and show up for your kid. Let's see how that helps the situation because it's not going to change overnight. So I'm so glad that you took that advice. I see so many parents who try to skip over it. And the fact that you really took that, those two pieces the stop, breathe, anchor, and an energy plan, they seem so simple on paper, but they really yeah. are the thing that if you instill those two habits, you will see massive change between you and your family and, and the way that you're interacting together. So let's talk about that. What kind of changes have you seen? Maybe even talk about what were some of the first changes. And then now there's a year between the times that we talked. And so how is life different now? So one of the big things was me. The other thing that kind of came out of all of this was I did start to notice that my, how my husband was reacting and parenting and thinking about that. And I know he grew up in a very authoritative house and so he's authoritative. And so now, first of all, my son and I are in such a better place. He does come to me. He talks to me. He'll tell me about things. He, he, little thing but he always wants to show me tiktok videos I love, he wants yeah. to share that with me mm -hmm. and it's a joke with us now because i'll go oh not another video i love <laughs> it i do because he wants to share that part of his world with me and he's 15 mm -hmm. and when that's he could not want to talk to me at all and and even a year ago i really thought he wasn't going to talk to me ever again so even that little bit is just such a big thing for me it's just i just I'm part of his life and I know I'm part of his life. I know he feels like he can tell me anything. And so we're even seeing it with my husband and my husband and my 
now that relationship's a little getting a little bit more tense we're, we're, that's probably what I'm focusing on more now is like how can I help them to create that connection but I even see my husband mirroring some of the things and we've talked about it too okay this is what I've learned and while he's not part of the program he is starting to pick up on some of the stuff just by osmosis I think we talk about (laughs) Dana here and guess what my book Calm the Chaos has officially launched so if you enjoy the podcast and find the stuff we're sharing valuable I'm a hundred percent sure you're gonna love the book you can get your copy at calmthechaosbook.com And if you use this link, you'll also get some special bonuses. So once again, the link is calmthechaosbook.com. Thanks. I hope you're enjoying the show. A lot of people are worried if they don't have a partner who's on board or who parents differently, or if they don't have a partner who's going to take the program with them, they are worried they're not going to be able to see change. And you're saying it is possible because it's about how you show up and that relationship you build with your kid. It is. And I think the partner sees my, the connection. And it's not that he does, my husband doesn't want the connection. He does. He's doesn't have that with his own father. So he doesn't know how to do it. And so, mm. but he's seeing it. And so I think he's been, I've even heard him say a couple of things and I'm like, Oh, I think he just picked that up because I don't think I ever really told him that phrase, but he must've picked it up. Something. Awesome. Oh yeah. You know, Oh, okay. You're not trying to be like this. I see your, I'm like, Oh, yay. <laughs> oh, I love that. Now, Karen, you talked about how you had tried so many things and you even had doctors and psychologists and therapists and all the things throwing their hands up in the air and not able to help you. So what was different? I, and I've always felt this. I was never, I was never happy about putting him on meds. I think the difference is that you guys listen and you guys know people. Plus, I mean, it's not a, it's not just a one way thing. You listen to me and you give back and, or you listen to the committee. We have these coaching calls and we talk back and forth. We have our pods and we talk back and forth and we have, the community and we're going back and and so even if nobody is exactly in the same situation that I am there are little bits and pieces and every time I've got on a coaching call I may there's multiple coaching calls that I don't sit on and ask a question but I listen and it's just oh okay that that little piece right there makes sense to me and I don't he's been on medicines since he was seven years old except for to the last year here or so and honestly i think we've just seen so much better progress with him past that just i think the listening part the the back and forth and taking not just my kid as a person but myself as a person and my family as a family unit and treating us like we are not just a test subject or another box to tick. We're real people. And my situation is my situation. And you're helping my situation specifically while helping everybody else too, because it's so personalized and flexible. And we learn so much from each other that I just don't get, I didn't ever got from any of the doctors. They just, like I said, the one doctor really frustrated me. He would listen to us from, he would just ask his little list of questions and say, okay, that looks like, let's just up this med. Yeah. Without really talking to us about it. And what are you yeah. seeing? What are you feeling? 
Yeah, and I just want to, I want to clarify for anyone listening to the podcast that here at Calm the Chaos, we believe meds are a tool in a toolbox. And what I hear you saying is once you learned other tools, like how to listen to your child, how to understand, how to help your child understand himself even, then medicine wasn't a tool you guys needed anymore. You were able to see other progress outside of medicine, but there might be other people who still need meds or need other meds. And this program still works with it. So I just want to clarify for anyone listening where my stance is and what I believe. But we do meet you where you're at and what you need. And I'm reading a book right now by someone who's actually going to be on the podcast later and Jessica McCabe, The How to ADHD. And I was reading her description. She was diagnosed very young and was on medication since she was like 12. And every month she would go for a doctor's appointment and they'd, it sounded exactly like what you just described. They would, the doctor would read off a list of questions and then either up the meds, down the meds or change the med. That's it. And once she started looking into ADHD and started learning about executive functioning, sensory processing, working memory, and all the different things that make her brain work the way it works, she was able to understand herself. And it was now she had more tools in her toolbox. And that's, I think, what we do here at Calm the Chaos is we help you understand yourself. We help you understand your kids. And then therefore, all of you can understand each other in the family unit. And I just, I love hearing that's what made the biggest difference for you. Instead of doing more, it really was just about stopping and listening and understanding each other more. Just not fighting what's actually happening and understanding and finding out and we'll talk about curiosity and the understanding pieces and i even find my son now too 15 he's a little bit better to understand what he's doing versus when he was seven or six but and so he's been even been saying mom i think i'm feeling a little dysregulated because this is happening over here and it's making me a little anxious and things like that. And I want to set a timer so that I work on my homework right here because it's making me feel this way. So he's even starting to pick up on some of this and learning about, okay, why he's understanding, okay, I need some of this structure. So I need to do this to help myself. And it's really great to see. It's just been so nice to see. Yeah. And he's been advocating, that's advocating for your own needs and wants, which is like what right. we want our kids to be able to do when they grow up. I was just curious, like if you had to compare like a struggle a year ago versus how you would handle a struggle now, what would a, a, a typical argument be about? And you said you guys were always arguing or there was always tension or something. What would a typical argument a year ago have been about? A lot of it was, like I said, about he had, and we didn't understand his need, but he was always, it was almost like he nagged us about things. So he would get very fixated on something. Let's say he had a friend's birthday party coming up and he would get so fixated on, okay, mom, I need to get a birthday present. Now, the, maybe the party's in two weeks and he heard about it and he would nag us day after an hour after hour, mom, we need to go get a birthday present, hon. You've got this and this today. We got to go do this. So we can't do it. Okay. Okay. 
and then the next day, mom, we got to go get a birthday. And, and then I would just get frustrated when I would just get angry. Why is he nagging me about this? I told him that we can't do this right now. What I didn't mm -hmm. understand. And now the argument would be like, okay, two weeks, mom, when this has happened, mom, we need to, I have a birthday party coming up. I need to get a birthday present. Okay. All right. Here's where we're at. Here's the money situation. Your dad gets paid here. So we will go to the store on such and such a date. And so learning that he just needed me to tell him. All the details. That, all the details. Before I'm just like, I'm not mom. Just don't bug me with this. And realizing that, no, he needed that. And so yeah. that's some of the difference. It's just that learning to, okay, okay. I'm, he's not trying to be a nag. He's not, he needs the details. He needs to have in his head, this is when this is going to happen so that we can, he can plan out, even though it's not really planning out anything in his mind, he is planning out his week or whatever. Mm -hmm. I have this covered. The birthday party is fine. I have my present. Mm. I'm not going to be embarrassed. I'm not going to be whatever that was going through his head. So something like that was, a, those were that kind of stuff is what happened. What would you say to yourself? And I'm sure other people have asked this even inside of our group in the last year, but what would you say to yourself now, looking back, what would you go back and say to yourself to, am I too late? No, <laughs> obviously not. And Obviously, I wasn't probably in the better, the best mindset to hear it back then, but just tell myself, no, it's not too late. It, it, it can be done and it gets better and it's not perfect, obviously, but it does get better and there are people out there to help. And I think that was the other thing. I think I was feeling very alone in my struggle, even with my husband. I just felt very alone. And now I don't, I mean, I know I can drop into the group. I can go to my pod. I can go to a coaching call. I know I could do an ask if I needed to and somebody somewhere. And I'm not embarrassed too. I think that was the other thing. I'm embarrassed because I have this kid who causes all these problems or whatever. And I know you guys, nobody's going to judge me ever. Nobody's going to judge me. Nobody's going to say I'm a bad mom. I'm the mom he needs. And you're, and I would tell myself that back then too, you're the mom he needs. And whether the meds or whatever, we were doing what we thought was right. And we were doing the best we could at the time. I'm a learner by nature and I'm glad I am because it gives me, it let me find you and open myself up to you. And I just feel like this has been the best thing ever. It's really been my life changing for me. Oh, I love hearing that. And I am so honored to even be on this journey with you and get to be a tiny part of that story. What would you say to someone who's listening to this, who might be thinking about our Calm the Chaos program, and maybe they're at the same place you were a year ago of they've got an older kid, or they've been going at this for so long that they just feel like there's no hope left for them. What would you say to them if um, they're contemplating joining? I tell them to join, but <laughs> at least try the seven days, get a taste because even that was a, that the seven days was transformational and just even hearing that and you're not alone and learning that other people are out there struggling like you are and just can help is just life-changing and try it out. There's nothing, seven days is, that was a, 
wonderful little taste of what happens and you really learn so much. And even if that's all you can do or afford, it's worth it to get those little nuggets and then budget for this. I think that's part of it too is to me, I'm willing to, I give up a few things so I could do this program and I feel like it's worth it for me and my family. So. Karen, thank you so much for sharing your story. And I love, I know just recently I, I hopped on a coaching call and you were on there and it reminded me of that moment. You were the only, you were the first person on the call. You weren't the only one on the call, but you were the first yeah. person on the call. And it reminded me of that day a year ago when you were on the call and you like showed you at first your camera was off. And then you, when you turned your camera on and same little corner in your office. And so yeah. I was like, okay, like it just brought me back to that moment. And I think that's what some people listening might not realize is you guys become such a part of our life and we get to know you in such a deep and meaningful way that I think we get to spend sometimes more time with you than you would if we were local or if we were in person. I could never have this many people on my daily schedule to get to see and help and be a part of. And so it just, it makes me so excited that I get to be a part of this with you and that I get to still be on coaching calls with you and help you and your family make those changes and and be able to be connected. So thank you for being vulnerable and open and sharing your story with everyone here. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Of course. And just to wrap up, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you might be on your heart or you might be thinking about that you just want to share as someone's listening to this and they're feeling I'm too late. I'm all alone. Just be open to learning. Take the time, really jump, do the challenge and try it out. It's not too late. And really if you're open to listening and open to somebody helping you, I think you're going to learn so much and it's not too late and don't ever think it is. Somebody is out there to hear, help you out. I love that so much. And if you're listening to this, I just want to remind you, just like Karen said earlier, is that you are exactly the parent that your child needs and you are doing everything you know to do right now in this moment. You're doing the best you can and it's absolutely not too late and you're not alone. There's a whole community just waiting for you to reach out, let us know that you would like support and you'd like to find those next steps with us. So I do hope you'll join us in our seven days to less chaos and you're already joining us for seven days to less chaos. We hope you'll take that leap and join us in our full Calm the Chaos program because that is where the full life transformation happens and we can't wait to support you in that journey. I'll talk to you guys soon.